0: Glory be to Jesus. We are blessed again to be in God's presence as he ministers his life to us. May our hearts be open to receive this life that comes through the instrumentality of his word in the name of Jesus Christ. May this life permeate every vista of our existence so that all that we do all that we say, all that we even will in our hearts, may be under the auspices of God's Spirit, so we can be relevant to Him and live the purposeful life He has ordained for us. Today, the Word of God unveils to us an aspect of our life that we must hold on to, we must acknowledge, recognize, and also hold on to. I'll just start with a second reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. It says, brethren, to keep me from being too elated, meaning to be proud, meaning to be full of oneself. By what? The abundance of revelations. Paul had so much revelation. Because his ministry was patterned to help men, humans, to see again. Because humans have transgressed. Humans have lost sight of the way to go. That's why God told him, and I've anointed you to go and open their eyes and to turn their eyes from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. On account of this, they will receive forgiveness of sins and then be able to have access to the inheritance God has bequeathed to the saints." who are sanctified by faith in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So on account of his mission, God opened his eyes to see so much. And in that frequency, the tendency is that Paul will begin to feel, wow, I'm better than others. So God noticed that Corruption already, coming in again. Amen. Amen. If you watch well, many human beings in the course of abundance of benefits that comes to them, the tendency to get corrupt is there. Okay, let me give you an example with church, church activities and church environment. If you go to wherever there is a parish or whatever they say mass on Sunday, watch well those who come late for mass. Is it those who come with leg or those who come with Okada or those who come with cars? Huh? What has been your, your experience? Is it those who come with leg or those who come with bike or those who come with cars? You see, because they have a car, the tendency is to relax. Then in two minutes, I'll be there. I uh, Live close to church, so just a matter of a few drive. But when they didn't have a car, they will wake up five and prepare, and come to the road and wait for 30 minutes to catch up with a keke or whatever, or bike that will take them to the church. So it can equally happen to you spiritually when you begin to experience grace, manifold, bless of God, the tendency is that you start getting corrupt. Paul began to have that tendency, and God decided to allow him to be tormented. He said, and a thorn was given given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated, to humble him. To make him know it is not all about Paul, it's all about God. Get that point now. It's not all about Paul, it's all about the Lord. Three times he begged the Lord but this, that He should leave him. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made manifest in what? Perfected in weakness when you understand that you are nobody. So, no matter how much I have blessed you with revelations, don't ever think that it is because of your excellence, rather, it is because of my own excellence. So, keep yourself low. Born well, now, recognized that. For one to truly boast, you don't boast about what God is doing in your life. You boast about your need for God. The man says, I will all be more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. People of God, let's just have a little journey into the Old Testament. When God created man, he created us incomplete. What did I say? Please, everybody, say it again. Created man, he, created us he created us insufficient. Say it. He created, insufficient. He, created insufficient. he created us insufficient. So look at your neighbor and say, I am not complete yet. I am not complete yet. And this you tell me. Tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I am incomplete. Say, I am, I am incomplete. Say it again. I am incomplete. Okay, for those of you who fear complete, continue. Okay? Tell somebody again, I have just recognized I am incomplete. I, have just I, am, incomplete. I am insufficient. I am insufficient. The, complete the complete part of me is in the hand of God. Hand of God. Without him, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. But, with him, but with him, pull your hand up. I'm somebody. I'm somebody. Amen. Amen. That was the first lesson Paul learned when that tongue was put in his flesh to torment him. When you refuse to learn by instruction, when you refuse to learn by circumstances, then god will increase the tempo of his teaching i'm sure god has been speaking to paul about this but this was the one that passed the message effectively to him that you should always acknowledge deeply in your heart i mean complete and i mean sufficient that part of me that completes me is in the hand of god If I run away from God, if I despise God, then I worsen my what? My case. He's not said it in John chapter 15. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So when Paul learned this, then he began to learn to engage his insufficiency. How? Number one. Paul now saw the reason for him to always go to God. When a man refuses to go to God, when a man refuses to get involved with activities that helps him to assess God, that man he is already sick in the spirit. So, Paul learned that he must be humble before God to always go in prayer. So, one of the ways to show that you are actually humble before God is to come to him in prayer. And even when Paul came into prayer, he still had some difficulties. He now says, the spirit helps my infirmity that I, I do not even know what to pray. Or the spirit through grooms through for ways finds expression through me. Number two, Paul learned not to raise himself above others irrespective of the manifold revelations he has received. So Paul dealt with the whole idea of pride, ego, self-assertion, self-image, These are things that we know that are very common among humans to assert themselves. They are full of themselves. Their ego is so expensive. Don't dare. When you come around, they brandish what is their achievement. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. They are happy when men praise them for their worldly achievements. And for them, that is glory. Such people have not recognized yet. That man is an empty barrier without God. Amen. Amen. And so Paul now came to a point where he became contented with his human weaknesses, his inabilities, his insufficiency became a stronghold for him never to operate without direction from God. We see that also, this mystery of the kingdom manifests itself in the first reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. He said, in those days, the spirit spoke to me. The spirit entered me and set me on my feet and I heard him speak to me. If you go to the original translation, what he says is that when the spirit spoke to me, His spirit entered me and raised me up. When the spirit spoke to me, the spirit entered me and raised me up. Say it with me. When the spirit spoke to me, the spirit entered me and raised me up. Let us make man in our own image and likeness. Then God breathed a breath of life into the man made of mud or clay. And the man became what? A living spirit. That is the structure. Our life depends on the word of God. When he spoke to us. His spirit enters us. Just say the words I've spoken to you. They are spirits. They are life. On account of the energy that comes from his word by his spirit and life, you can what? Stand up for God. Many are standing, but are not standing for God. Are we together here? Say thank you, Jesus. Jesus concretized this in Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 4, when he says, man does not live on bread alone. There is another type of food that man needs to eat. And that food is what? But by the word that proceeded from the mouth of God. So we live by the word of God. We operate by recognizing that we're insufficient. And then we go to submit to the one who has created us. Let's go a little bit on the part of biology. The man's family, the the human family is regarded as the homogeneous. From the homogeneous... We begin to have different species of the human person. So from there we have the Homo erectus. And part of the Homo erectus is what they call Homo sapiens. The Homo sapiens is the, what they call the wise man. Homo means man. Sapiens means wise. Homo erectus. Homo means man. Erectus is the man that stands. Homo that stands. Among creatures, if you watch very well, you find that a man is the only one who is standing erect. Others are bent low. Among creatures. Are we together here? And if you watch them, watch the animals, you'll find that most of their eyes, is they see 360 degrees. Only man sees 180. Watch the fowl. The eyes are here, right? They can see 360. If you come from the back, they can see you. Goat, the same thing. Dogs, the same thing. They see 360. Only man sees. Only man stands. Homo, the one that stands and look up because he's created to look up. Homo erectus. Others can look down. So by nature, you were created homo erectus, to look up to the one on the holy mountains. That's your nature. So when you refuse to look up, you are actually resisting your very nature, and you will deteriorate. The psalmist says, Our eyes are on the Lord our God. Till he shows us his mercy. Why did he say our head is on the Lord our God? He said, Our eyes. Because your eyes is meant to what? Look up. So your eyes is to look up. The remaining 180 is to be what? Who can help me complete it? Who is to cover the other 180 to complete? Aha. So you have under. Eyes that you need to engage, and that's the eyes of the Lord. That's called the eyes of faith. The way you're looking at me, I don't know what we are here at all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you catching something here? Mm-hmm. You are meant to look up. He's want to look down for you. You will see your back through the eyes of God. It's called the eyes of faith. So while you look with this, you have another eye in the spirit that helps you to see what these eyes cannot see. So you have I lifted up my eyes. You who dwell in the heavens, behold, like the eyes of a slave on the hand of their laws. The eyes of the slave, eh? The eyes of the slave, where? I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Are you catching cold? You better be hot now, right? The eyes of the slave in the hand of their Lord. So your eyes are in the hand of your Lord. That is what? Submission. Total submission. Submission. like the eyes of the servant on the hand of their mistress so our eyes are on the lord our god till he shows us his mercy mercy because we're insufficient praise the lord if you have bible please page with me to isaiah 40. thank you jesus Isaiah 40 from verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? (laughs) The prophet Isaiah 40 verse 28. He said, have you not known? Have you not heard? Meaning that it is your prerogative to know and to have heard it that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not. Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. As far as our creation is concerned, only God is the one who faints not, nor go weary. Only him. Only him. The prophet continues. He, said, he gives power to the faint. So he knows he has created us insufficient, so we are faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. He didn't say he will give strength. He will what? He will increase their strength. So the more we depend on him, the more he increases the strength in us. They by... Amen. I can not hear you. Day day. Say thank you, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. May God increase your strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But you must be a homo erectus. Must carry out the activity of looking up to God. Look up to God. Look up to God. If you look down, Hmm. it has consequences. To look up is to worship God. Jesus said these are the type of worshiper the father seeks. They won't go to the mountains or to the hills, but those who worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth. That should be your lifestyle. If you are far from this, dear brother, dear sister, there's a problem. He gives strength. He increases strength. He said, verse 30, even the youth shall faint. So it's not about getting old. Your youthfulness is not an issue here. It's inconsequential. I'm young. I have the strength of a young man. I'm vibrant. I know what to do. I can do it. He said you will faint. Your youthful energy will fail you. It will fail you well. Your intelligence will fail you. Your competence will fail you. They will faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. I'm a young man. I've been been trained. God is saying, you better keep quiet. So, what has happened is that when Adam fell, Adam didn't understand the degree of his fall. And up to now, we humans, we have not recognized deeply the, the degree of the fall that took place. And that's why when things happen to us, we need to wonder how did this happen. You can see somebody today looking so strong, moving energetically. Before you, he stumbles and dies. What has happened? The thing sometimes we call accident is as, actually as a result of our insufficiency. But because we can't explain them, we call them accident. So even young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31 brings the revelation. But they that wait upon God shall renew their strength from the God that increases their strength. Those who recognize their dependence on God, those who see that their life is incomplete and must come to God all the time, every time, at all times. Those who see their life to be only complete by their coming to God. So the more they come to God, the more their life becomes complete. Far from God, your life is a child's play. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall what? Mount up with wings as eagle. So when they begin to wait upon God, they begin to go angelic. Supernatural wings shall be given to them. Physically, you will see the wings. But it means that their life will begin to have a touch of the supernatural. There's a connection between their physical life and their you know, spiritual life. And it is this type of strength that David exercised when he confronted Goliath, small boy. Goliath said, am I a dog for you to bring this small boy to come and insult me? I will cut him to pieces and give his body to the birds of the air. And David, the small boy, said, you will come against me with your javelin, with your sword, with your charms, when I come against you in the name of the Lord God of hosts of armies of Israel. Today, I will cut off your head. No knife in his hand. I will butcher your body. And I will give your carcass to the birds of the air. Amen. Amen. You know how the story ended. The small boy brought down the mighty man. Was it by his power? Was it by his strength? It was by the strength that came from God. From the God that increases eh, strength. If you despise this kingdom principle, your life will be wasted. Frustration will be your package every day. Depression will follow you. And as long as humanity continues to despise God and refuse to look up to the mountain from where shall come and help, humanity will not have peace. Even in the midst of apparent technology and science and in the midst of what we regard as Prosperity. We are only modifying things, but the human person is deteriorating more and more. More division, more sorrow, more pain, more sickness. With all advancement, humanity is dying because they have refused to abide their very nature and to recognize vividly that they were created incomplete. When you begin to wait upon God, give God his rightful place in your life, he begins to mount on you supernatural wings like eagle, not like small bird. You begin to develop the stamina of the eagle. The eagle is never threatened by any storm of life. And we saw Jesus Himself manifest this. Every now and then, Jesus was going to pray. I said, Jesus, you are God. What are you praying for? He said, as long as I'm in this flesh, I must pray. I be not be so. Jesus was God now. Who was he praying to again? Is he praying to himself? He said, no. I wasn't praying to myself. But now, I emptied myself. Became a human being. Alright? I was a God. Though. But as long as I was in this flesh... I I recognized and accepted the the aspect of the human person that is insufficient, that is not complete, and must be connected to God. And the Bible says he prayed all night. He prayed all night. He prayed all night. Every time he was praying, talking to his father. And when the storm of life met Jesus, what happened? At the high sea, there was a wave and a storm. What did he do? Peace. Calmness. Because himself has become, he is carrying a wing like the eagle that can withstand any storm of life. They shall mount on with wings as eagle. They shall run. I'll not be weary. Oh, this one, you see some people, they do, they say, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm Something is lacking. <laughs> I'm dying of, uh, there's one that is in vogue now. You go to hospital, they tell you, you're dying of uh, is it uh, excess work, eh? What do they call it again? Eh? It's, it's stress. Stress. There's another one again. For, there's another one again. Eh? When you lack so much energy in your body, Exhaustion, hey, my brother. As if you are having exhaust. Eh? Say, I'm done of a, And it's killing people. They say it's exhaustion. Because while working with our own strength won't achieve what the strength of God will achieve with the human strength. Why won't you go down? You go and carry the engine of trailer and put in a Toyota Corolla, and then you now tie the Toyota Corolla. To the back of a trailer and say, let it move. Please tell me which of them will suffer. Is it the engine or the trailer or the corolla? corolla? Okay. Those who wait upon the Lord will have supernatural strength. They will have supernatural enablement. We must recognize that every day in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. They will not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We're created to depend on that strength that is the hand of God. Don't ever come to a point in your life where you beat your chest, say, I said, I don't need, I don't, this is too much. Praying is too much. And no, no, all these church things, no, 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 I, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. When that type of philosophy starts creeping into your life, know it, you're already a victim of darkness. I tell you, men have not come to recognize the wisdom of God that makes the difference. They spend their entire life pursuing things and acquire them. And shamefully, with pain, they die out living those things. Into the hands of people who never value a dime with regards to what they are toy with all their life. What a foolishness. Some, even while they are seen just in the mortuary, they are already ravaging everything, messing up everything that the person toiled for her entire life. Why can't we gain wisdom? And then when it comes to the things that pertains to God, they trivialize it. They trivialize the time they should spend with God and be part of him in the agenda of establishing the kingdom of righteousness. Even Jesus himself wondered at the level of faithlessness that has gripped the human heart. In the gospel, he came to his own town, and while he preached, he manifested the grace and the spirit of the Almighty God. And they said, Excuse me, where did he get this wisdom from? Oh, they now recognize that this is a different wisdom. Is he not a carpenter? We know his father, we know his mother, his brothers and sisters. Even though what he saying is correct, we are not, not accepting his word. He can't come and just have a that, that way. And they said he took offense at him. On account of that, he was not able to do any mighty work in their midst, except to lay hands on few and heal them. And the Bible says he marveled at their what? Unbelief. The life of unbelief is a life that has no concern for the supernatural. Their own was too much. That's why Jesus marveled at, at the quality of the unbelief that existed. You know there are people, everything will be pragmatic. Everything about their life, they reduce it to what they can see, touch and feel. When you talk too much about this spiritual thing or faith thing, you guys, they are taking this too far. About The God I know is not like that. When even Christ himself said, have the faith of God. of the life of Jesus was supernatural. 80%. And you are following him and you are saying no. Something is wrong with your understanding of him that you are following. Finally, as you acknowledge that you are not complete, when someone insults you, why do you react? When someone Traps on your toe, why do you feel offended? When you are living your life of faith and you are being persecuted, why do you cry? Why do you feel offended? Why do you say, hey, look, a whole what? You are incomplete. Your perfection comes from God. So we must recognize this and allow God to perfect our lives must we'll exercise that humility. So that when things happen to you, you don't say, God, why? The answer to the why is, I'm incomplete. That's why it happened. I fell because I'm incomplete. This happened to me because I'm incomplete. And so, for me to be able to be happy, I must seek that part of me that should complete me in God. And when you do that, you see God manifest in your life day by day. Yes. So that act of recognizing that you are incomplete, and it becomes part of you, is called humility. Humility is not that you fold your hands this way and you're quiet. Anyone that push you, anyone they push you to, you accept. You say no problem, uh, no problem. That's not humility. Because one day that same person can do something hard on you. The real act of humility is that you rem- you recognize that you are not complete. That it is God that you will need in your life to complete your life. Jesus said, learn from me, for I am humble and meek at heart. So when you acknowledge that, that you need God, and every day you exercise that your dependence on God through prayer, through obeying Him, through seeking for Him, through pleasing him, as you make it your lifestyle and it begins to run your life, you are moved from being a humble person to a meek person. Meekness is that attitude of constant dependence on God in everything. As a matter of fact, it is explained that just as the woman submits to the husband completely in everything, every human being must submit to God in everything. Perfect submission is what is called meekness. And so just as the husband will get angry with a wife who does not submit and sometimes begins to get uh, agitated, likewise God resists the proud. Resists the man who refuses to walk in humility. Resists the man who refuses to walk in meekness and he will crush the proud and lift up the lonely. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked down on the loneliness of his handmaid. Mary understood that. On account of what God says now, from this day forward, all generations shall call me blessed. Be lowly in heart, be humble, and live a meek life. Kill your ego, kill your pride. Refuse to be honestly sensitive to insults and being betrayed and all that. Come out of that shelf. Refuse to put on that garment. Be dead to all the things that the world uses. Be alive unto God. The Holy Ghost Father, we have our co-founder called Francis Mary Paul Lieberman. He said, God is all. Man is nothing. Sometimes go to the middle and look at yourself and say, I am nothing. There's something in me is in God. Repeat it to yourself severally until it becomes part of your consciousness. The Bible says pride leads to the fall. So Paul today, in the midst of all the grace that he received, he recognized this dimension. Then he began to boast of his weaknesses. Oh, thank God, I am not a perfect person. Thank God, what is happening to me? Yeah, I deserve it because I'm not uh, complete. You see? Be why? Why must it happen to me? No! No. So at this mass, may we come with that act of humility and meekness. And say, Jesus, life only depends on you. My existence is in your hand. I refuse to live as if I'm in charge of myself. For it is given to man not to order his steps. Order my steps. And like David we shall say, his word is a lamp unto my step and a light unto my path. May God bless his words in through Christ our Lord.